welcome to another fun and exciting episode, and hopefully entertaining episode, of The Rogues in the House, a podcast dedicated to the love of all things sword and sorcery, delivered with 100% enthusiasm by self-proclaimed experts. So sharpen your quill, get your tomes out, because the rogues are in the house. Matt, how you doing? It's been a while since we talked last. It's good. Get your tomes out. (laughs) Get your tomes out. I like that. Uh, yeah, man, it's been good. Uh, I've I've been to I went to Las Vegas. I think was the major event. Yes, you were there my for life since we've spoken for teacher type stuff, right? Yeah, it was a teachers conference. Yeah, yeah. So, Have you hey, ever been to Vegas before? I'd never been. I'd never been, and it was uh, it was it was rad. Honestly, it left a pretty it left an impression on me for sure yeah vegas is a lot to digest in a weird way right yes i've been out there i think four times now maybe five um and i still see new things every time i'm out there but i always believe that after three days yes that that's more than enough of vegas yeah yeah, it's its own. I mean, I kept thinking, like, what if you lived there? What if you lived yeah. and worked oh, wow. eternally in that town, right? Yeah, like, it's uh, I know people who do, and they're yeah. they, they make a living off of the people who come visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm not it's like it's just I think about this party or whatever that never ends, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's just constantly the lights are on, the things are happening, yeah. merriment is there. I don't right. know. Well, we should probably introduce our guest. Yeah. Um, a, uh, He's a cool cat, yeah. And never before heard rogue, who uh, is a very good friend of mine, um, also a listener to the podcast, and he comes with uh, absolutely no credentials whatsoever. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm the man on the street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. You don't need credentials to be on this show, man. Uh, The man is uh, Jimmy McGuire. Uh, Jimmy and I have known each other since our days in college. We both worked at the same radio station that I work at right now as we were students at that point. I graduated. He didn't. I did too graduate. Oh, you're still there though. Well, it was from some German high school (laughs) he attended. (laughs) Yeah. So Jimmy and I, we, we hung out a lot together. We had radio shows together and um, then he went his way. I went my way and we kind of lost track of each other for about, oh my gosh, about 20, 25 years. At least 25 years. And we reconnected at a, uh, a radio anniversary party essentially and we've been making up for lost time ever since, playing games, hanging out, camping. That's that's awesome, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know, the flame ha- was still there. It was, uh, it was on, <laughs> and we turned the gas back on. And now we're camping. We got we got family. We got kids. We got dogs. Yeah, and uh, we've been playing a lot of a lot of Conan games, actually. Yeah. Well, hey, you're you're in the right spot. You're in good and, company. And that's part of the reason I asked him to come on, and uh, with your blessing, was. Jimmy has read what our topic will be about today, which is the blood of the serpent. We'll get to that in a little bit. But he's been a huge fan of sword and sorcery and especially Robert E. Howard's Conan for, I think, as long as anybody who's probably listened to this podcast. So 1971 is my first book. I don't even think Matt was a glimmer in his father's eye in 1971 no, <laughs> no sir i was not even born in that decade it was it was oh. in the other it was early in the next decade yeah thanks for making me feel so great well listen man the fact is it's an inspiration to all of us because you're still there doing your thing yeah right? uh, I, honestly when i think ahead that many years that's probably what i want to be doing too family was... games whatever you know I was pulling out the uh, the novels after uh, Dean mentioned this to me the other day, and looking back through them, and they're they're thumb worn and uh, a lot of a lot of greasy spots because I was a mechanic back in the day at the same time. Flipping <laughs> the pages with my greasy fingers did not uh, do the books very well, but just going through the books again and seeing how they've yellowed and aged, uh, much like myself, it's been fun. <laughs> uh, that's that's nicely put. I mean, I. I, I yeah, like you, I love the image of a mechanic. He's like on his lunch break. He's like, ah, been fixing the cars all day. And now I'm getting these tales of a, you know, a strong dude who's going out and wrecking house. And I don't know, man, there's, there's an image with the greasy fingers on the pages. Yeah. 
it's how we lived. We, you know, we didn't care nothing about uh, posterity and saving things, did we, Dean? No, I mean, we just live for the moment. Where yeah, your games are worn, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, shelf worn, and uh, I, I now that, everything uh, is protected. Yeah, I was I was commenting the other day on a post on Facebook on one of the board game groups, and <laughs> it's like they were talking about sleeving. It was sleeving Frosthaven, right? Oh gosh, and, yeah. yeah, it was this massive booklet. Mm. Um. And so I ended up writing something on there to the effect of like, you know, you must embrace the uh, sweet, uh, <laughs> the rawness, right? You have to express the edges, show the scars of the cards. Like you don't sleeve them. You don't, if it's like, if it's like Magic the Gathering and it's like an $80, $90, $200, $7,000 card, then yeah, sleeve that. But otherwise, yeah. party on. G Jimmy and I have put ours into uh, folders, not so much for keeping them nice and neat, but more for uh, convenience sake. They're alphabetized. They're easy to find. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I'm not surprised, Dean, you have alphabetized your shit. <laughs> well, Jimmy started <laughs> it first and he found the right, he found the right material. And I was like, oh yeah, this is good. This is mm -hmm. good. So, hey, uh, we should probably move into, uh, take a little trip down to the the bazaar and see what's oh yeah what's been ringing our bell of late that was a perfect sound effect what bottle was just popped there that's a rum red breast that red is breast red breast 12. 12 is it rum i don't know red no no that it's is whiskey a... oh, Irish whiskey. whiskey. Is. okay yeah, yeah yeah it's very good satisfying popping of that cork that's what we got pull <laughs> <laughs> all right first up get loose yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I told him there's no real format. It's nothing, no, uh, nothing no, serious. We're we're just having a good time. Let's go. That's right. So Talk let's take a stuff. little trip to the uh, the bazaar of the bazaar. Who wants to go first? I certainly follow your lead because I don't even know what the bazaar of the bazaar is. So <laughs> yeah, something up as it comes to my turn. <laughs> okay, I'll right. let Jimmy go at last. He can right. he can yeah. contemplate this uh dean go for it man get, okay. us, get us going um these are quick i just kind of want to give a shout out something that was really uh interesting ricardo ball one of our uh listeners yeah. sent me a link to this thing that was very interesting it was a little light on the information but this huge sword was unearthed in a japanese uh archaeological dig and it was something, Matt, you're going to have to help me here. Anime you... confirmed. <laughs> now, this sword giant was sword, right? 2.73 meters long. How long is oh, that? Wow. Wow. 2.37 meters? Yeah. Oh, man. that's This guy was... had his arms that's stretched like, uh... out, and it was like at least in terms of English measurement, two feet longer on either side of his hands. Yeah, that's like a six-foot-ish sword. Yeah, and it was made in the Bronze Age of uh the japanese time period and they didn't have a really good picture of it it was more of an x-ray of what they found in the archaeological archaeological dig but i i just thought it was neat that he sent me this link to you know he said it sounds real sword and sorcerer to me i could just see this giant japanese samurai with a you know six and a half foot long sword can you imagine yeah big big buster sword yeah as the final final fantasy uh fans would know it must have been some type of ceremonial sword but um, no man someone just had like crazy yeah crazy just, like forearms that were just incredibly beefed yeah now there was just... a uh, a guy in the american speaking of these large swords a guy in the american revolution and i cannot think of his name i think his name was like pierre the giant and he was supposedly like seven seven and a half feet tall he fought for the americans and he carried a sword that was like five and a half feet long wow Hang on. So what was your bizarre pick? I don't even know. I I mean, don't even know. It wasn't a bizarre pick. I'm just saying uh, I just the cool thing that uh, Ricardo the cool sent us, thing that yes, but it leads okay, me yes. into I've been doing my sword training and it's you. going pretty cool. Oh, nice. Going pretty cool. Yep. Uh, we're doing Joachim uh, Meyer's Fecht book, which is the uh, the art of sword combat. It's a German treatise from about. Oh, my God. I was going to say that sounds right, German. Go the we're doing yeah. German sword fighting, Dean. Yes. That's amazing. You're so in touch with your heritage. So it's pretty cool. It's from the, the 1570s. It's it's pretty neat. And I've been having a lot of fun with it. Rad. And boy, that even awesome. a three-pound sword gets very heavy after two hours of swinging it around. 
What is steel, boy? That's right. Sorry. Uh, I'm learning the riddle of steel. Which is stronger, flesh or steel? Right now, flesh is kicking my ass. It depends if you're trying to do a tricks philosophical question, because if I slash you with this sword, your arm is hanging off. Right. I think I'm going to be fat and lazy. Go the magic way. Just flame ball. There you are. <laughs> lightning bolt. Lightning bolt. Lightning Off the bolt. Couch, there's, there's as I'm watching kid. Gunsmoke, you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, so right, what well, about you, Matt? Anything uh, cool? So for me, I finally stopped being a complete craven and have begun playing the Demon Souls remake uh, on PlayStation 5. Yeah. It's not even like a remake. It's just like a reskin. I think the same engine is just hmm. there. But anyways, these are what you call like Soulsborne games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've they always look so cool to me. But my style of video gaming is very sort of just on the run. Can't really dedicate um, too much time. And I go through spans, right? I'll go through like a ye- half a year. Right. You know, and I, and I won't have played a game. But then I'll get something that catches my attention and sucks me in. So... Anyways, it was the right time. I just uh, I started playing it, and like it's really freaking cool. And especially just learning how it all works, and learning that progression comes in many forms. And yes, you die a lot, but like you don't mind. And this game is so beautiful that like uh, it's just always. It looks like a second ed player's handbook picture. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, like it's it just looks it looks so cool and so just it's like unique. classic fantasy, but with some really some unique monsters and things like that. I'm in a bit of a I, I really want to kind of pick up the video game controllers again, but I just cannot bring myself to sit in front of a TV for more than an hour. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to decide that's your thing uh, that or that that's that's what you're going to do. Yeah. I mean, I don't view playing the video games as that long sitting in front of a TV in that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, that's its own activity, right? It, it's not, to me, it's not much different than sitting at a table and doing the exact same thing, especially if it's just you. Yeah, I guess that's like true. Video gaming and solo board gaming are very much the same thing. In, yes. In my, yeah. I don't uh, do a whole lot of solo board gaming, but I haven't done much video gaming in the last I think the last time I actually picked up a video game controller was a couple of years ago. Yeah. I, I would get up early. I would get up at like five o'clock in the morning and sit down and play for like two hours because then I could go guilt free and not waste mm-hmm. daylight hours. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. That's kind of why I don't that's why I'm so sporadic is that like I don't deem the time as worthy. It's like it's like time to eat junk food for me, right? Like it's super <laughs> sweet. I like it. That's I just can't that's a great analogy. Yeah. yeah. I, I had iRacing set up, and it costs expensively a lot of money to go iRacing. Oh, I'd come yeah. Down to, I'd come down to practice for an hour, and the next thing I know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and I've got to get up and go to work the next, you know, three hours. It's it's so mm-hmm. addictive, and you mm-hmm. lose sense of time. And I had to sell it. It was just crazy. Yeah, you got to square that with other things you want to accomplish with your time. Me, like if I'm not doing like uh, writing for board games or role-playing games, then I'm writing my own fiction. Like that's the luxury time I have to write because it's not like an immediate paying gig. So I just do it. Um, But yeah, man, I can't just go, yes, I'll play video games forever. But like I say, every once in a while, one will, will strike me um, in a way that's it's it's inspiring in all its own ways. Right. Like in Mm -hmm. terms of even board game design, like I take a lot of inspiration from like side-scrolling games like uh, Streets of Rage and like you know the old Ninja Turtle beat 'em up games. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, and those aren't huge time investment games. But mm-hmm. the idea is that when I yeah, whenever I play any kind of game, I I sort of this is weird osmosis where you're like, hmm, that's a that's a concept that I could work into something else. Just happens. Cool. Creative process, Dean. That's right. That's right. You understand. So, Mr. McGuire, what about you? Any ideas? Anything that's been kind of tickling your fancy of late? You know, I I have I can say this because I have uh, I have no skin in the game. Um, so this is not a shameless plug. This is a true love of a game, and that's uh, uh, Matt's Monolith Conan game. You and I have been playing for about a year now on Sundays. Yep. And uh, almost regularly. Right. We're we're getting to where we're 
almost too good for the game. Uh, we win every scenario, sometimes by a lot. But the love of the game, the, the painting, I picked up so many painting skills over the last year um, and setting up the game and seeing the beauty. I'm talking about beauty, Matt, yeah. your video games. I mean, I have, I've found that if I take a picture for social media, whatever, I can see so much detail in that picture of the shadows that are mm-hmm. viewed in these, these boards um, and the detail that goes into them. Uh, you know, the oh, artists yeah, they, that you, they, I mean, they, our, our game boards are, I, <laughs> they are top the notch. Yeah. Top-notch. I mean, this, I, I, none of this, this is uh it's, it's mostly, um, George, uh, I don't want to screw it up in French, but Clarenco um, does mm-hmm. most of our, uh, he did most of the Conan boards. Um, not all, I don't think, but maybe all. God, I'm sorry, guys. This is on live when I'm like thinking back to all of the who did right. what and on what games. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I, I, what I'm saying is these maps, uh, I think I think our board game maps in Monolith are, are like peerless in terms of. Absolutely. There's nothing else quite like them because everything else is uh, will trade a certain aesthetic for modularity, which I totally understand, right? You want to have it modular. But um, yeah, I always I always like hearing when people point out the boards because there really is that beautiful element to it. Jesus, man, it sounds like you're a shill. Like, uh, I know. I, was, I, I got you on the show. show there, but... Jimmy's like, <laughs> yeah, so that thing you wrote, uh, the guy who's hosting the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throw my bone. Right. Now, are you guys talking about the specific, like you've been playing the solo co-op mode stuff that we did? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay, that's fun. Yep. We went uh, through the... Which uh, one? The... Well, we went through the source book, the first one. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, and yeah then, that was the launching point, yeah. Yes, and now we're doing the most recent uh, Kickstarter uh, release. Like the Conqueror. Yes, the Conqueror. And so we are on scenario 5.5, and we kind of have to take a little bit of a hiatus because we're actually getting together this weekend for an upcoming game convention, and we're going to be playing a, a versus game, uh, Overlord versus players, and uh, that's going to be at the convention. That's Speaking awesome. Of- Speaking of which, I found out something really cool today. I introduced this game, Conan board game, to a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, and this was before he was even married and had kids, but I found out today he loved the game so much he went out and bought it. He got into the Kickstarter, and now he's teaching his, I think, six-year-old son how to play this game, and I think that's great. Was that someone – did he post on – did he post on Facebook? Yeah, Jacob McDonald. On the Conan Conan Gaming Group on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Follow if you don't. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. That, good on friends, is what's tonight. called a plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. I already have the shill from earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, I mean, you should punch me in the mouth for calling you a shill. That's a loaded word. <laughs> Whack. Dean, uh, Dean introduced me to the, to the game, the same Winter War convention. And I am almost oh, a completist now. I mean, it's a. Uh, He's, he's like my crack and you know, you know what's here's <laughs> something i don't this. think I've, I, I've it just made me think like fans of genre fiction right nerds essentially um when you're the nerd who like not only enjoys the fiction like uh, either reading or movies or even video games the idea of like having a gaming group where you play board games and role-playing games together like I feel like that's an element to liking nerdy things that brings you together. Whereas if you don't do sports leagues or whatever else, right. You don't have that same conduit. Mm -hmm. And so I guess it's like, if we're being nerdy elite, it's like, it's really nice to get into the gaming, even for that social purpose. Yes. Because you know, you guys talking about all these years together, you've gamed and, and it's the, it's the same for me guys, except I don't know how many years, but I can tell you, these are the literally uh, some of the same guys that I have gamed with since I was in grade five or grade like four, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, junior high, high school, university, just, we've just always gamed together. And like, that's cool that you've been able to keep that connection going. Um, I've yeah. been able to do the same thing with a few of my friends, but. Um, and you pick I, up friends along the way too. You do. Right? Like, yeah. You do. You really do. But I would have to say that uh, McGuire is probably the uh, longest running one we used to uh, well that's not true we've got a friend who i've been yeah. gaming with even longer than that but it's irrelevant to our conversation but it's a great way to you know share that love of whatever the nerdy topic is and yeah you know. yeah 
So, yeah, so that's my bizarre, you know, that's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> right on. Oh, you get your, you've got your Gen Con shirt on. So listen, absolutely. Yeah. Are, uh, are you guys both, you're both going this year? Yep. Absolutely. You guys have always been going, right? He's been going for like, yeah, Jimmy, I remember longer than Gen Con's been around. 1979. That's uh, you are, you are a relic. You're a primary document, my friend. He looks like one too. Don't that, I don't want yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate you bringing me up there. Make you feel good. Hey, listen, uh, thanks for the invite on your podcast. Uh, <laughs> where we rip him apart. Yeah. But no, I'm on the podcast. They said, uh, you'll have fun. They said, yeah, <laughs> Jimmy, I sincerely mean that though. Like the fact that you have the his- like you've been at Gen Con when it's been in different locations, right? Absolutely. Parkside was the first, first uh, place I went. Yeah, man, I'm, and, I'm a, I'm a uh, new kid on the Milwaukee, block compared to that. Indianapolis, yeah, I followed it, and uh, you know, we, not Dean, but my other friends, we went in a '69 Chevelle. Couldn't afford a hotel, <laughs> so we slept in the car all night. Uh, we, yeah. you know, we we in Parkside, we actually snuck into the uh, the locker room because it was at the the college yeah. in the gymnasium, and we snuck in the locker room to take showers. That's awesome. Uh, that's punk rock, man. You, you know, yeah. you know, people will say, oh, this is punk rock or that's punk rock. To me, it's like, you know what? Everyone gets a little bit of punk rock if they like went to a thing, drove to another city and slept in a car knowing they were going to do that. That's punk rock, man. You know what else is punk rock, you guys? Pastiche. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, okay. is, it, is it? Hold on. Everyone pause. Think of think of what I just said. Is that true? And I don't know. I I have to come back to you next week with my answer on that. Okay, but for right uh, now, it's punk rock. Well, and, and well, a... pa- pastiche. And and I guess what we're saying is we we are talking about the new novel Conan, uh, Blood of the Serpent by S. M. Sterling. And you know, as fans of uh, Conan material, we have uh, not gotten as much new material in the past. Oh God, twenty or so years. Yeah. You know, than you used to get, and that might be a good thing. But we've what? we've yeah, go ahead. I was going to say the age of Conan books came out in what the early two yeah, thousands. Yeah, 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 I've actually got them right to my left. I I think that's accurate. Yeah, early so, like early mid early. Yeah, in, but they know. were not so, Conan specific. They were age of. It was yeah. Conan, I don't know if Conan was in any of those, but he. Uh, yeah. But yes, it was Robert Jordan. Robert Jordan did those? Is that right? Mm-mm. No, no. Um, You're thinking of earlier earlier stuff for like Tor, I think. Um, right. he, uh, those would have been, he did like four or five, I want to say, of those. You Conan know, there's, novels. there's a series. I, I was trying to get this straight in my head. There was the Lancer novels, which is the first 12. Yes. Right? Yes. And then there was a, uh, yes. Yeah, there was a small set of five, and they were done by uh Ballantine or maybe Bantam. Yeah, there's Ballantine. Then there was some Ace editions as well. Yeah, and then yeah. you had the the tour ones, which were like had the really bad covers on them. Well, some were cool, but it yeah. was kind of like there was definitely some Ken Kelly's phoning it in on these covers hard. <laughs> like he he was. Oh my man. god. Yeah, and Ken Kelly has done some masterpieces. Yeah, and I mean that yeah. like he's done amazing work. Yeah, but he has had a, some phone it ins. <laughs> And then well, we and then we had the age of Conan stuff, and now this is the first one, really specifically dedicated to Conan, right? And why is that? Is that because of licensing, or is that because nobody wants to take on the Howard? Uh, no, I think I think mainly it's just trying to do things uh, justice and do them well and make them stick. Um, and you know, man, Conan's a tough character. I think to always hit a hit an a plus with right like right so much of what he is and how it worked is attributed to robert e howard and i think absolutely yeah and i think the other things that really caught on were like you know your roy thomas um era marvel and then the conan movie of course with like arnold schwarzenegger like those those really added a new element to the character and it like a I want to say almost like pedigree in terms of these amazing things that came out of it. And so it's hard to do it well and to really make it resonate. Um, and, and I think that's what I was saying, like the last Conan quote unquote pastiche novel, because Scott Odin will get mad at me. Pastiche is really 
he says it's when you're emulating the this, the writing style, the pro style of the writer. I think is 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 uh, and I think he's right. Um, but I it, we kind of mean it to as like a other new stories that mm-hmm. follow this existing character. You know, right. to to sneer at it, you would call it fan fiction. Otherwise, I would say like it's licensed fiction. It's whatever. Um, and so I think the last for like tour or whatever was in the early, early 2000s, maybe. Yeah, I think so. And then um, you had like Scott Oden and John Hawking did brand new novella work serialized in um, Marvel Comics. Um, Barbarian was Hawking. Savage Sword was Scott Oden. So all of that is to say. Right. We have a I new would- book. I will admit that I did not keep up on the comic version. Um, I had said earlier that I cut my teeth and kind of grew up on Savage Sword. And after I was, that was no longer a thing. I really didn't collect much after that. So it was just rereading the old books over and over and over again. Yeah. And there were some really patchy Marvel years and there were some really patchy Dark Horse years. And then there were some more patchy Marvel years and now it's going to be uh, with Titan Comics. I think it's going to be amazing. I'm biased. Well, no, I'm not really biased. Uh, I don't have any contributions, but uh, you know, I think my people I know and I've I've gotten to know through just doing the work, like Jim Zub and Matt Murray, are kind of at the helm of right. making these really cool decisions about what they're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm confident. And I mean, Rob, Rob Delatore, the artist, if you've looked, who incidentally is the artist who's also in Correct. Conan Blood of the Serpent. If you've looked at those delicious drawings in there, mm-hmm. you will see that there is a potential uh, brand new classic era of Conan art just waiting. And that's awesome. I would agree 100%. Yeah, the, 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 te- the teasers we got off the new Conan comic coming up are just amazing. I've already subscribed on my comic geek app that yeah. i've got um really looking forward to it. the marvel stuff i you know we do it's yes it's some marvel. was cool i thought i thought some was cool um yeah i thought some of it was good and uh jim zub did some good work uh, on the marvel one and i even thought the barbarian was cool i didn't i didn't really read the other i didn't think savage sword was this great and i didn't read the savage avengers stuff which i heard was potentially fun Though I did see one scene with Conan and Doctor Doom, and it was pretty awesome. <laughs> um, well, the anyway. Belay stuff was was flat. Um, yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah. Was I, didn't, flat. I didn't read that. I didn't yeah. read that. Yeah, I picked him up just because. But man, no, it's I mean, good I'm that you do. Comic book, yeah, yeah well, a comic book guy, and I've got all my dad's comics, so I've been collecting for uh, some of this stuff. Nineteen forty-eight. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so I got probably. I don't know, 10,000 comics thrown on there somewhere. That's amazing. That's why he never uh, lets me come over because he knows I'll like, you know, rifle through them with, you know, greasy fingers and pick up my favorites and, well, I remember when he's the was coming after working yeah. on 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 your car. Hey, Gabe, put <laughs> some modifications fingers. on your car. Greasy fingers <laughs> on your comics ain't the same thing as on an old paperback, folks. <laughs> ain't the same. I remember when the oversized uh, Savage Sword was only worth a buck a comic. You know, he couldn't give them away, and now they're they come into the flavor. Mm. Yeah, they're um, they're like uh, I've got a good amount of those, um, but yeah, they seem to always sell at least like five bucks an issue. Yes. So, would you say that uh, this new book is kind of the uh, culmination of a lot of I don't want to say false starts because they're not false starts, but you know, starts that were unsatisfactory to a lot of the fans uh okay well listen man i got a lot to say about this book i have a lot of thoughts Mm -hmm. um i think i want to start right out of the way in that i did enjoy this book like i i think it's um and actually the ending really kind of i almost feel like it was written ahead of time i mean i i don't i have no knowledge of such a thing i just the ending was really strong and linked. And I, mm-hmm. I guess I was thinking when I was reading, it, I was like, if I was writing this, I would probably want to get this scene landed, know that I can make this transition. Right. Um, anyways, that, I thought it- Is that I, something that happens in writing that you uh, write the ending and then you just kind of- 
come uh, up with the rest of the story? You'd probably have to ask a novelist, right? Because I, I don't know. I've n- I've never ri- I've never written a novel. I write a lot of short fiction. I've written like a novels or so worth of short fiction, but mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, no. There's times where like I know what's going to happen, but I haven't actually written it. This to me, yeah. um, it just feels it felt super strong. Um, yeah, I, I somehow. This is a book where I think actually very little happens in terms of like grand fantasy plotting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it is very sword and sorcery, and it's just moving from one vignette to the next of Conan doing Conan stuff. Yes. And as much as there's things like getting into Conan's head with that third person limited narration, and there's even some head hopping, like there's a few things where I'm like, wow, I, I, I find the choices surprising. But they all ultimately they ultimately won me over. That um, inner voice thing threw me at first. Mm-hmm. It really did throw me at first. Um, I finally got into it and and accepted it. But is that the first time that that's maybe been done in a Conan novel? I doubt it. I, I don't. I, I, I guess I don't like, recall. I feel like it was done in in the pastiches and things like that. Howard was definitely more omniscient. Um, uh, most of the time, but it does get what's going on in Conan's head for sure. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, I guess what it is, it's that's, that's a bold choice. It's like, a. if I was handed that task, I would not want to do that. I'd be like, Oh man. But I think ultimately I will say this more than a lot of those other books. It really did feel like it was Conan from Howard's stories. The text, the prose is not like Howard. No. It's really not. There's a few uh, things here or there. There's a few flashes. Yeah, there's flashes of it, but it's the author's own voice, which I think is uh, the right choice in my opinion too. But I can't help but say that that character really does feel like the guy I'd been reading about. I got, um, yes. To me, it was very familiar to me as if I was reading those um that short series from uh, Bantam or Bal- uh, Ballantine books, you know, the one that Carl oh, Edward yeah, yeah. Wagner Car- had been part he of. edited, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's how it kind of felt to me. Um, it felt very familiar. It felt like I was reading another one of those. I really yeah. didn't care much for that second or that third set of Conan books that came out. I read them, but I wasn't as satisfied with them as I was the original 12 and then that short little series but this one mm-hmm. really felt good to me it felt like i was reading another edition of those books that you know came out in the i guess they'd probably be in the late 70s early 80s yeah man it's a uh, i i any uh, jimmy what do you what do you weigh in here let's hear what you got to say uh, to talk again i'm like shut up man <laughs> i i i I bemoaned to Dean after about the first 20 pages that I hated it uh, because I went into it looking for Howard. Howard yeah, I, I agree. It launches in such a way but, that, eh, but. I, you know, and when I finally got over the idea that it wasn't Howard, and that was okay, I had to get to that level. Yeah. Uh, the reading started getting easier. I, I did not like getting into Conan's head. I did not like even, eh, Towards the back two thirds, he gets in the horse's head. Remember when the horse is going back and forth, back and yeah, forth, forth yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. And the horse says, "You know, what does he know? What he's doing, or you know, whatever he says." You mm-hmm. know, now we're kind of talking horses. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, I didn't. That should have been edited out. It, Howard would have handled that much different. I would have handled it much different. Oh, I think, I think Howard places, would have handled a lot of it differently yeah. for sure. Yes. I just, you know, you go into a prose and you, you're into a paragraph and you kind of foresee how you think it's going to come out and then it doesn't because it's Sterling and it's not Howard. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, uh, you got to, yeah. yeah. I, I really fought that for about the first hundred pages and then I embraced it and accepted it. And it was a better read once I accepted it. So, you know, anybody who's listening has not read the book, um, Go into it, man. You know, it's it's not Howard. And uh, embrace what we've got. It's a Conan story. It's pretty well done. You know, there's 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 a lot of holes. You know, why did Conan run into all these problems and Valeria didn't? 
Was she not cursed? Did she get cursed as well? No, she was not. Well, spoiler alert. He wasn't cursed. (laughs) That's the thing. Conan, that's the thing. Everything he fought was an animal. It was like Conan kills uh, the African savannah. Yeah. (laughs) I I really did have, um, after a while, that became to me a little tedious. Um, Yeah, yeah. I I agree. But like they kept the motivation there. But here's the other thing. That stuff kept it kind of page turnery to me. Like when I picked it up, it was always something rad kind of happened. Like, guys, I was pretty like, um, my back was up a bit when I was reading this book, but eventually it just won me over with the fact that every time I picked it up, I was like, yeah, okay. All right. This is cool. This isn't bad. Yeah. Well, I'll and, like, to, and, and, yeah. and I really, I don't, I, I, I think we should have um, Howard facsimile in the sense that like we should have some novels where it sounds a lot like Howard and they're aping the voice, like Scott Oden can do that, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I really do want authors to do their own exactly. uh, voice. And I, I know that going in, right? We've had we've had decades of not Howard, right? And so to me, if it doesn't read quite like that, and, and that's actually one of the things I do like is that when I'm reading it, it's not a guy trying to ape Howard. Because if you can't do that very well, it does not ring true. Oh, it's even yeah. worse. It's, it's exactly. Even worse. It's even. Don't even worse. try it. Don't even try it. I, I, even though I said that it made it a little tedious for me, I never found myself not wanting to go back to it. It's probably one of the books I've read the most quickly in the mm-hmm. last couple of years. I finished it in what I would consider a fairly relatively short amount of time because I don't have a lot of time to sit down and read. Most of the time I do it over my lunch break or something like that. Most of the time I'm chopping wood and uh, <laughs> shoveling driveways for the elderly. Uh, there's no I'm, time I'm, for I'm, this. I'm rebuilding VHs myself, but you know, you do what you're going to do. Uh, Jimmy, you are a dude who has six Saturdays followed by a Sunday. <laughs> That's lit. Good job, man. <laughs> Good job. Bringing down the guest again. You know, uh... <laughs> no, man, I mean that. <laughs> I meant it. It's like you are living the dream, buddy. There's no, there's no better luxury. There's no sweeter thing in life than time to do what you want. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, it's, he's uh, got it's so much blessing, time. So. He's got so much time that he can tell me no because he doesn't even know what he wants to do with his time. <laughs> he's like, hey, you want to do this? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna so turn many... in. I'm gonna turn into an old wizard and be like, "Beware of time and promises, for you know not what tomorrow shall bring." Beware, young man. The, the lesson is never let anybody know that you have pulled the plug and are not working anymore, because then everybody comes upon you. Hold on, say, you're hey, not working anymore. You, you do also this. have a pickup truck. Do you also have a pickup truck? Because I could really use someone to help me move stuff. <laughs> but I got a bad back and I got bad knees, so you know. Yeah, yeah. I can drive, drive the truck. I'll drive the truck. That's a good one. Yeah, he's, he's lying to you, man. That that situation. What's that? He's lying to you. <laughs> he he is the he's the weak mind, strong back guy you want to help you. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just, you know, feed me with Conan stuff and we'll be cool. Okay. All right. Listen, so, more Conan stuff to come. Guys, I'm actually, I'm literally, I'm looking over my laptop right now. And on the board is um, one of the older boards with an expansion that has not been announced. So it's something really kind of special to me that I like a lot. Um, I've been really cool to announce it on this podcast. Well, I mean, I'm not really announcing, I'm just announcing I'm doing work on it, but I can't tell you what for something that you really like. No, it's for Conan, yes. Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking you got yourself in what we've done some, we've done some interesting things, and we have more to do. Uh, some of which are super red. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, just... I have time for play testing. Well, you know, I'm just saying. Oh my God. Yeah. No, dudes, uh, I will get you the files you need to do that. Just Dean, remind me and I will get them all to you. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were saying that. Okay. So, Blood yeah. of the Serpent. We were talking about the, the, you know, yeah, the, 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 the Howard voice, too, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think for me, um, I dig that, but. I like that we can have a variety of people doing their own thing. I wish I had read more about Valeria. I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about her. Yeah, we got really into 
like Conan's this, he's this young, younger man kind of in this still, he's still not totally. Um, but he's been everywhere. And, and he's I got, mean, but he's, he also just, you get this sense where, yeah, he's been around. He's seen some things and he sees Valeria and he's like, I want her. Right. And like, it's tough because it does seem like he's just continually lusting after her. Right. And he is make no mistake about it, but he's also, there's reasons for it. He like really respects her. You get a sense of like, he really digs what she does. And then he just has the animal attraction as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I agree with you. I would like to have heard more from Valeria, though. I'm not sure I loved her dialogue in this some of it was okay actually i would say it's probably in keeping with what we saw on howard's page so i can't really fault it Mm -hmm. but i'd be down for exploring some more nuance with valeria i think that'd be another sequel uh, the the sequel of valeria's trip up to red nails Mm. um being chased by what's the name sukmet or whatever it is Uh, uh yeah what is his name oh man there's a there's a few names in there it's you i mean that is one thing, but Howard the same thing. These names you can't pronounce in your head. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you stumble. That's what makes it. them ring true, though, right? Because right. Yes. you yeah. read it and you're like, it seems right and familiar. You know, it's not like Zargon or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's Simon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. If you've got like, uh, they're they're usually historical or or uh, due to time and place or what have you, right? I did. I did complain to Dean that although, you know, I like to think that I've got a decent vocabulary, I ran into some some words that didn't seem to fit. Even though, you know, I had to stop and look up the definitions a couple of times. But after I looked up the definitions, even they he could have used a different word that would have <laughs> rang a little bit more true. I think. Okay. Uh, there was one actually, it was uh, used as a verb, I think, where I was like, I don't, uh, I'm not going to go searching for it right now. I was going to say, wow, you really read very closely. <laughs> Who, me? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's, I can't not do that. I'm an English teacher. Man. That I, one I word that was that. used as a verb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, was it? God damn it. Anyways. We'll edit it in in post, maybe. Right. Uh, oh, spoiler, oh, we I didn't. It, <laughs> I give it a B plus, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, and it was moving on, I guess. Uh, you know, we got red nails at the end. Let me ask you and, a question uh, about that. Do you think that the book, um, that it was a good choice to put red nails at the end? I mean, because those are two contrasting voices. Those authors are. Uh, I think I know who made that decision. Okay. Um, I think it's a good, I think it's a, I think it's a rad, dis- like, absolutely to include it. There's no reason not to. And I think I'm not I, saying it was good or bad. I'm just, asking yeah, 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 no, you're, you're just hosting the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, feel, I feel you. Um, no, I think that's awesome because, and actually if it was a motif, right. If they, I don't necessarily want every story to have to f- book into some existing Howard story, but although that's cool. It, yeah, exactly. It's something like that hasn't really been done. Uh, in a way, the old Sprague to Camp introductions and some of the old books kind of did that in the short form. But mm-hmm. um, sure, man, I, I'd welcome anything that artists and creators want to do. If it's a cool idea, then let's go. I'm not going to dismiss yeah. it on an idea. If the thing works on its own merits, it will. Um, so I, I think that was wise because you're just laying it bare. Here's the original stuff. Mm-hmm. Here's a story that leads into it. And I think that's what I was talking about toward the end there where yeah, I suspect yeah. a lot of editing and care and attention was given to that to really make it almost smooth into that yeah. prose and like almost the rhythm. And like you saw in the last chapter, the sound effect or sorry, the sound effects, mm-hmm. the, uh, <laughs> the descriptions, right? The physical yes. descriptions of the place uh, echoed what Howard had written. It felt like the same place described. And yeah. I'm sure there was all kinds of deliberate word choice and careful editing but they they really nailed that in my opinion. It it was smooth as hell. Maybe only Matt can answer this. Uh, the dialogue that was used was sometimes trying to check. Was it expressly or, or fully lifted from the red nails too? I mean, is there a toward the end there? Yeah, towards the end. Is there some copyright? It starts issues with that... like no, no, no. They can include whatever. Okay. I think one of the descriptions is like, you know, Valeria says, Conan the Sumerian, you know, what are you doing here, basically? And it's the same in both. Mm-hmm. In, in the original version, she said she ejaculated. 
And so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not a, a speech tag that we use anymore, really. Right. Um, <laughs> so, I caught that. I, you know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it jumped out at me, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> she ejaculated, and then because then I looked. <laughs> Do not put put that at the end on repeat, Dean. I can hear it now. It's just going it in. It does. The, it, it says it. You can look it up. That's what it says. And so uh, I think they changed that. The way you say it, you know, it makes for a great ringtone. That's what I mean. You don't want to be reading. Like I, I mean, if you have that book on audio, and the guy's like, "And uh, is it you, Conan?" She ejaculated. No, wait. It would be more. She wouldn't ejaculate a question. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of hidden tracks on this one, folks. So oh, keep listening. Man. But it's funny, right? Like, obviously, that's an editorial decision where, like, it's just distracting if you use that old word choice, right? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. anyways. Um, I would give it, uh, what'd you give it, Jimmy? You gave it a B. I guess Sterling's B. Plus, you know, B. Plus. When I, when I picked up into Red Nails, it felt like a comfortable old pillow. Uh, yeah. grabbing it and reading it just felt um, right and good and everything was fine. I didn't question the word choices, phrases, uh, except when she ejaculated. But, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was a comfortable place to be again and um, bringing back many memories. So of my grease-stained fingers ripping through the pages. Uh, so I give the Red Nails an A+. Give Sterling's uh, Blood of the Serpent a B plus. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Don't worry. Just the way you said that you rolled that, that reference in there was so damn funny. Uh, okay. All right. Good callback. Good callback. Uh, I, it's the red breast kicking in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Dean, yeah, what, what's your what's your review on this? Um, I really enjoyed the book. Uh, like I said, it felt uh, very familiar to me in terms of like the uh, older pastiches pastiches that had been written before. Um, I guess I was a little put off by so much of the hunter gatherer mm. scenes that were going on. I didn't mind, you know, that every time he turned around a crocodile or a rhino or an elephant or something was trying to kill him. Cause I got that. That was part of the curse, mm-hmm. but, um, the whole, you know, it just felt like all they were doing was hunting all the time. Maybe it lacked, it took, it lacked that weird element for a while. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, um, yeah, I just kind of assume that type of stuff happens. Usually it's mentioned or it's, you know, a party goes out and brings back food, blah, 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 that type mm-hmm. of stuff. And, that kind of was the the down part for me, but everything else was was very solid. I would give it probably more along a B for me, a, a grade, yeah. a B grade. Mm-hmm. But I, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you one hundred percent that the the final chapter was really solid, it was really solid. Yeah, that's it, man. It came together for me. Um, I got to give it a, a, an A in the sense that it I stuck with it and. I feel like though it lacked some of the horror and the weird of our typical sword and sorcery tales, it was absolutely a, mm-hmm. an adventure tale that moved along, you know, yes, the things where he's constantly fighting a animal, like literally he's fighting a lion then he's mm-hmm. fighting a crocodile, then he's killing okay. a snake. And then there is a leopard and then there is a rhino. And then there is a, Oh, look, a giraffe. He doesn't kill it though. <laughs> and it's like, a lot, a lot of animal yeah. violence, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, that is established and it almost has this like video game quality where you're running through and he's just blasting these animals. But what can I say? I, it, I, it, I really did make me want to turn the pages. I enjoyed mm-hmm. all of my time with it. It was not actually ultimately tedious to me. No. And I do think way. it stuck the landing rather well. It's so, a good- I think there was, there was areas where, you know, Jules Verne or, even Tolkien kicked in with the color of the flowers that they're walking through. There yeah, was some yeah, tedium. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was yeah, some yeah. tedium there. But, and, and, you know, and overall. And you know what? For me, that would not be a decision I would make to put in Conan. That right. said, that said, I think if you are choosing to do modern novel length, like 300 pages, 400 pages, 500 pages, these books end up, you got to have that in the sense that you've got to fill the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, you could have 
You want to talk about tedious though. If he was constantly killing animals for, uh, you know, 34 chapters, like mm-hmm. you'd eventually, so you got to fill it with slower moments, I think. Um, and so, well, did uh, do that. yeah. And, and you know what, when I read that stuff, as long as it's puts me in a time and a place in a, in a scene with a smell with love light and I'm in there, I can read that stuff for a while and it doesn't so much bother me. It does it feel Conan. No, but, the actual character and ultimately even what's in his head and his actions and what he does is felt very Conan to me. And I don't know, I, I gotta, I gotta give it up for that because that, that doesn't happen all the time with this stuff. Okay. I've got a question for both of you. Do you think this book will be approachable to somebody who's never read any other type of Conan material before because we know they exist people know who conan the barbarian is but who have never ever read a comic book or a howard book or anything Um, i think i think that depends on how uh, like what other stuff have they read have they read any like if they've been reading like wheel of time and like lord of the rings and then they read this this might blow their hair back a bit in terms of like who's this guy this is this is cool this is a different thing but if you read like grimdark stuff or I don't know. Like, I don't necessarily know that Sterling's Conan is going to win you over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just depends who you're looking for. If you're just looking for like a heroic fantasy novel, then yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. And I like, I mean, adding, I think it was a good idea to put red nails on the end um, because yeah, yeah. should you pick it up and you've not read anything that is Howard, pure Howard, well, then you've got this story yes. at the very yes. end and that could just light a, uh, a fire for someone to pick exactly. up. And- exactly. And that's what I would say to anybody who would balk at like releasing new content. Oh, you're releasing new stuff. It doesn't sound like Robert E. Howard. Oh, it does sound like Robert E. Howard. That's like, there's just so many ways that you can get it wrong. You got to decide what kind of fan you are. I don't say that in any sort of elitist sense at all. It's like, there are different kinds of fans who want different things from different stuff. So I'm saying if you just want pure Howard, then it doesn't matter what happens. Like you're mm-hmm. just going to want that and that's fine. But Fact is, you're putting Pure Howard in with a new release. It's going to get more eyes on it. More people are going to read Howard. Right. And exactly as you say, Dean, it might light that spark. So I think I think if if you had even each new release had a story in it, a Howard story that spoke to the era of this new pastiche, um, not necessarily a direct sequel right. or, or prequel, um, but just some kind of it's from that time and place that you can like – I think that's rad. <laughs> I would I would love to see a new story of King Conan. Those are my favorite. And I King Conan? Yeah, not yeah, yeah. when Conan was king of Aquilonia. Yeah. And I want to say I know there's no evidence to this whatsoever, but I kind of want to think that maybe when Conan was king was Howard's favorite time because he went back to that. And I've said this before in another episode. He went back to that era 3 times in yeah. the stories. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, and he kind of always had that trajectory, I think, in mind. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, it starts yeah. there. But yeah. It starts there, but like, I mean, King. it's a, but it's also things held over from Call, too, right? Yes, that's, agreed. That's, that's one thing I've kind of noticed, like, as I've started writing and, like, keeping a consistent setting that, like, I do have these prototypes. So I write these stories that end up sitting in the bin. Like, I've got a good, I've got a ton of stories that have not finished but have, or have finished and have just been like, nope. Because then later I do a similar thing. I take similar ideas, but implement them more strongly. And so then I mm-hmm. I just leave it. And so I'm not saying Conan is better than the call stories, but you, you can definitely see the progress of right. where he has moved on to his other characters and he's using the same tropes. I mean, goddamn, yeah. the first Conan story is a rewritten call story. But. Yeah, but I would love to see a new Conan novel of King Conan. And like you said, mm-hmm. then throw I in. I agree. I'd love to see that time. And then throw in one of the other, one of the original Howard King Conan stories. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, Conan after he gets back from the Scarlet Citadel, what's going on there? And where, when does that factor in? Or even oh. just directly after Hour of the Dragon, like the first mm-hmm. month after marriage, and yeah. everything has slowed down. He just had probably one of the greatest event, the greatest adventure of his life in terms of how far he traveled and what he did in such a short period of time. Right. Come back and rewin his throne after that exhilaration. And then he has, he, he, he gets mm-hmm. married. What's his life at that moment. And some people will be like, well, I don't want to know about Conan, the, 
Conan the married, you know, like, but, uh, I don't know, man. I, well, I, if you can tell that in a compelling way, then hell I'll read that. Yeah. I think Am you I can flesh out some of the DeCamp uh, introductions as well, well. That's, uh, thank you, Jimmy. That was something that I was going to think about. Correct me if I'm wrong, but towards the end of that, uh, 12 book series, wasn't there yeah. some conjecture that he traveled across the ocean to what could possibly be Greenland or North America so I think with uh, I mean those older all... ones they, they did they did a story where he traveled uh, west to um, he ended up finding like an Asian civilization I think it was they had like these big uh, dragon ships and technology and it was like what <laughs> I don't know the original it was Conan of no Conan of the Isles like the ones oh. that Sprague de Camp did okay but what you're saying is. Sprague de Camp based that off of the notion that Howard had written in a letter, I think, that uh-huh. he at some point he imagined Conan sailed west gotcha. and was never heard from again, right? right? That's just it. And honestly, that is an idea I've latched yes. onto for something I want to do with Monolith. Gotcha. Um, what? <laughs> Come on, keep going. Is, no, Jimmy, can't. help me out. We got to milk. I can't. This. I just, I just, just as a, as a, we need him to get, things. we need him to ejaculate his idea. <laughs> yeah, no. no, I mean, yeah. What happens when, what happens when, when King Conan is gone out of the picture? What's, what happens in that immediate future? Uh, what happens in the nearest future, the hundreds of years when picks sweep to East and like start taking things over? Mm-hmm. What about like, you know, a sort of oddly apocalyptic uh, vibe in a Hyborian age setting. Um, because I mean, Howard's has been about that civilizations falling and mm-hmm. regenerating. And um, yeah. I don't know, it'd be cool to have an almost apocalyptic bent to that sort of setting where a world where Conan's not there anymore. Anyways, it's, it's an idea I will play with and probably it'll show up somewhere in some large or tiny fashion and something I've done. So awesome. All right. Kickstarter coming near you. <laughs> I mean, Kickstarters are coming uh, eventually. Um, but uh, yeah. In fact, it's the Red Nails, right? Red Nails will be the next. Yeah. And honestly, we're getting, uh, we're deep into preparations for that. We've got most of the art files. Um, the scenarios are well underway. They're basically at play testing stage, most of them. So, solo co-op again involved. Uh, there will be solo co-op and there will be adventure mode and there will be versus mode, you guys, which I, Sweet. I, I don't know how I feel about the versus mode. Uh, I think you will feel very good about the versus. Okay. Mode. All right. Excellent. Versus mode. Like you two could play against each other, mm-hmm. um, but you can draft your teams essentially. So you will be choosing from, I think it's categories um it's a it's sort of another implementation of the batman versus system but you pick your sort of hero or your big bads right plus you will have your troops and you choose what you have and then there's also a little scenario so you both have the objective you need to reach but you've chosen your loadout of guys from your entire line of conan Hmm. like i'm talking all of it there's a large line of yeah and you'll get tiles for, you know, I can't speak to necessarily what may or may not change, but the idea is old tiles work with it. So what you're system. saying is that you are at a disadvantage if you do not have all of the expansions. And you're, you're not at a disadvantage. You just have fewer things to pick from. Gotcha. I mean, I guess you could say that if you're like, this one combination from this random add-on, if added to this, well, like, sure. You're going to min-max everything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm sure things like that will come out, man. That's part of the charm and fun in gaming. You know, you can mm-hmm. approach it in different ways. Is there, a, looking back on the game, mm-hmm. is there a character or a skill that kind of breaks the game that maybe we don't know about or haven't encountered yet that you guys Oh, you mean like something where we're like, oh, oh no, we've discovered our own yes. hole in these plants. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing like that. Okay. I know that like, I think evasive is super. I think a lot of what you would find is things that were determined broken or were um, a little too sharp, maybe got smoothed out in Batman, but that's debatable, mm-hmm. kind of determining what kind of game you want. But in Conan, like evasive is just you ignore everyone when you move yeah we uh immensely it's immensely powerful yeah jimmy and i are becoming very well versed in the 
skills. Yeah. Of these. Yeah, you got to game be. pieces. Yeah. These scenarios are designed where, if those skills can come into play, they often or they will at some point. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Well. Depending, because solo co-op, you choose guys. The, you yeah, choose guys. Right. But the way exactly. that those characters are categorized, even. Yeah. And certain things that have changed slightly. Uh, we are finding that Balthus. Balthus is OP. He's he's one of the he's your probably your best choice on paper. Yeah, yeah. and um, for your archer or your yeah. rogue. Yeah, and then uh, I've been surprised at how good. And this is for those gamers out there who are playing the game. We're kind of off the subject of the book. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're into the weeds. You you can yeah. th- you know what you're gonna do. You're gonna have to patch this into us talking about the <laughs> gaming else. episode and then the <laughs> the the Conan episode. This is two episodes. Yeah, um, Paleus is a really uh, kick-ass yeah, sorcerer. He has like Jinx, doesn't he? Yes, which yes, really has that's... saved our bacon numerous times. Yeah, Jinx is an, is very powerful as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those hidden abilities that you don't really think about until you need it. Yeah. And when you use it the first time, it's like, oh, yeah, it feels so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, but they've got a re-rollable uh, orange. No, no you don't. No, they don't. <laughs> Guys, I have like five re-rollable. No, you don't. Sorry. As enemies, Sorry. those are those are brutal. I put those on. Uh, I think they're on the the Serpent Men in the in the mm. the Shadow Kingdom expansion. We designed those knowing they were pricks. <laughs> and, like I I did for sure because it's like they're these shady little dudes who are infiltrating other people. Like they have to piss you off, and so mm. yeah, they're. They're jerks, and they hit hard with that. Like, don't they have exploit weakness, mm. or is that the ghouls? I don't know. Or exploit weakness, right. Christ! I'm talking hero it's... clicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now we're in the weeds. Yeah, <laughs> how far off we want to get in the weeds, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, overall, dear listeners, if you haven't had a chance to read the book, Blood of the Serpent, definitely do it. I, you'll do yourself a favor. You pick it up. Oh, yeah. You'll do yourself a favor. You will not be disappointed. It is not Howard. Yeah, I mean, even if you nobody's making new Howard. Come on, no, exactly. But no, there's not going to be any new Howard out there. Get over it. (laughs) And I think if you dig Conan and you dig these kind of books, even if you don't love it, like I think you will find that it was worth the read. Mm -hmm. Right? It's not. It's just it it really does have pace. It's fleet. Um, I I guess I would ask, uh, what's a standout scene for you guys? I could tell you mine. Um, the river crossing was rad. Yeah, I really yeah, enjoyed. I think that's it. where yes. you go. Yeah, yeah. When he kills the uh, the Stygian priest. Yeah, the yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he yeah he brings the kid back too. That's like very spoiler alert, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, but I mean he kills a wizard because he knows we can't. This is the one thing. This is like an atomic bomb. We got to shut this thing down. Right. So yeah. he goes for that. And then, but he also rescues the kid, which that's the thing. Conan isn't a hero, but he is kind of a hero too. Well, the that's... visual of the crocodiles just coming out from everywhere mm-hmm. um, and grabbing onto his, his soldiers or followers or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. That scene was crazy. Uh, that dude it, lost it, a horse like every 10 pages. That was something, yeah. wasn't it? But yeah. he went through three or four. Like he remarked on it on the end. Yeah, Valeria, like Valeria had the same one. Yeah, yeah she still with, got the same the, steed, whereas I've gone through five or yeah. something to that effect. With with the silver, you know, the silver saddle and yeah, 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 yeah. At the end, he was like, oh, "It's hers." Like, yeah, that's what I mean. All that stuff came together for me uh, in a big way, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, B plus, solid B plus, and pick it up, buy it, read it. It's a quick read. It's a good read, and just go into it. Don't struggle with the first hundred pages like I did. Mm-hmm. That it's not Howard. Just live with it and embrace yeah. it. You were trying to make it something that it, it wasn't. wasn't going to be. Yeah. Uh, it never you will know. be. You know, I mean, Howard's kind of singular in that way, man. Like, wouldn't there's... it be awesome if somewhere in some archive or I don't know where they find a nearly complete or complete new story that Howard, I mean, they, every <laughs> once in a while you find stuff like that from these big authors. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. every once in a while they still find a story from Tolkien. Right. I you feel know? like one of the ones they found though for Conan was like veil of lost women. It was like, throw it back. 
<laughs> well, you threw it away, right? Exactly. He was like, "Yeah, this is." He said, "No, this is no good." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's a whole other debate. Should they have released that story? Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. The philosophy of yeah. uh, postmortem public postmortem. Well, it's, <laughs> posthumous it's a, publication. It's a fan dream, you know, that something you know solid yeah, and, yeah, and complete yeah, yeah. comes out. Oh, so. that'd be rad! Imagine another another Conan King story for you, where he sail where he sails west. Yeah, we find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. conjecture is made fact. He goes to he arrives at like in Texas and like fights in the Alamo, <laughs> oh. and then like <laughs> Americans are just like yes, he is the most American. And he goes to Japan and he finds his two and a half meter sword. Uh, yeah, yeah, he finds two and a half meter sword, and then it's Conan the anime character. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you take us out, Matt? All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Rogues in the House podcast with myself, Matt John, uh, Mr. Dean Geiken, and Jimmy McGuire, uh, old school gaming friends. Um, And I think tonight we've proven that you can make a real salad of an episode with three dudes of similar interests from different generations. Um, Guys, may your swords... Always remain sharp. Sure.